Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome to season five of Rock That Relationship. I cannot believe we are already here on the fifth season, going through the whole trajectory of the romantic dating process. And we're actually at the season on falling in love. This is, this is going to be a really fun season. We've got some great guests lined up. We've got some awesome topics to talk about, but falling in love. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to listen to this, you know, this season, right? I mean, this is the good stuff. Um, Tracy, well, you know, we're starting this season off. What are you excited about in terms of this topic? Well, I don't know that I can say I'm excited at this point in time. I'm kind of in a period of wanting to be by myself. So I'm going to do a lot of reflecting in the past and um, only manifesting for the future. But I actually have to say, I mean, maybe I could say I'm falling in love with myself, but I am like completely satisfied being by myself right now. I'm really enjoying it. Well, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and that's, you know, we, we haven't done a season on this yet, but that's a good point, right? This idea of, you know, self-love and falling in love with yourself. And I just talked to a friend the other day who was talking about taking a year and just dating herself, literally went on dates with herself and said, this is a date this weekend and we're going to go do this. And so absolutely. Um, I don't really, that's get myself what I a- do. It's called cleaning cat litter. <laughs> that's what I do on a that date. Sounds like I'm a cheap great. date. That was well, like, that's you clean up your house sometimes, right? Like, does this person yeah. take themselves out? Like, yeah, like to, out? to restaurants and stuff. Yeah, oh, not like see. clean yeah. the cat litter and then give yourself flowers. I don't, yeah, I mean, but you know, if it's if whatever you love to do, you love to do. But, you know, this season, you know, we're going to talk about falling in love actually with, you know, another person. So, oh, let, person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm bitter about that right now. Okay, go on. All right. So, Let's talk really briefly about the difference between love and being in love. Like, do you differentiate between the two? Like loving someone and being in love with someone. Okay. What's the difference for you? Um, I mean, I love my friends, right? I'm not in love with them. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Like I don't feel anything romantic or giddy or I'm not like, Oh my God, I'm going to see Corey today. (laughs) You should be though. (laughs) You should have been counting on the minutes until we did our recording. (laughs) But the days that I don't see you, I might feel like, you know, something's missing. Right. So Mm -hmm. love, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of friends that I love and I love my family. Um, because like I grew up with them, right. My sisters and whatnot, even though we have a complicated relationship, but I feel like falling in love is totally different and it's, um, it's a process and it, you can fall out of love and yet still be with someone for years and, and love them. And mm-hmm. I don't know that you must have to be in love, you know, like, do you have to be in love to be with someone? I don't know. Um, that Nothing, makes it, I think, yeah. extra special, but I mean, maybe like at the beginning, winning the lottery. Yeah. You know? I mean, at the but beginning, I think do the whole time. I mean, I suppose so. I'm, I've, I've always had the experience where I've, I have fallen in love with the person that I'm, I'm dating and that I'm with. And then, you know, maybe I fell out of love at the, over the course of our relationship, but I don't think I ever entered into a long-term relationship where I didn't fall in love with them, at least at some point in the relationship. I mean, have you? Why? No, I would never date someone if I didn't fall in love with them first. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've said that before. I've generally only the only people I've ever really liked were the people I actually dated. I think that's been eight, eight to 10 people in my lifetime. And like, I just don't think it's worth it. Like if you're not in love with someone, I wouldn't waste my time personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't feel that you can fall in love, right? You don't, you got to have all those feelings, right? Right. The falling in love part is, is the, is the connection piece that I think in doesn't necessarily I don't, for me, it doesn't necessarily sustain me, but I will say that I have had relationships where I've then fallen out of love, but still loved that person and stayed in them for a long time. But then over time, that didn't feel as fulfill, fulfilling for me. But mm-hmm. there were other relationships where I was in love with the person until the day we ended the relationship. And, and so I'm not sure like how long you sustain that in love feeling versus that love feeling. Um, I've never been in love with someone that I didn't love though. 
um, like love as a person. And I've, I've seen people right. say that I've fallen in love with someone, but I don't, I don't really love them. I don't like them, what? but I'm like trapped in what? this place. What does yeah. that mean? Well, I mean, it's this idea that you can fall in love with someone and you have these like deep, intense feelings, but you like at the end of the day, there's not like that just courtesy, respect, love, desire to spend time with mm-hmm. them. I mean, I I've feel never like that's different. That. Yeah, I feel like those are different things. You can fall in love with someone who's bad, bad, bad for you. Well, yeah. But you still love them. So I feel like because there's not respect or whatever, that's a whole other issue that's not tied to your feelings. I feel like being in love and love are feelings. And why, if you started hanging out with someone and you didn't feel that, like, ah, feeling, like, oh, I'm so into this. I want to see this person. Why would you even keep going? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, some people I did, I did, I fell in love with, I fell in love with a couple of people where I felt that in love feeling for a, a while and then it sort of faded out, but I still loved them. And I was like, I didn't have that giddy anymore, but I still loved them. So, I but you had the giddy part at the beginning, at the beginning. Yeah. Like I said, I've never had a relationship where I didn't have that at the beginning, at least. Well, you I know? don't see how you could fall in love with someone and then not want to hang out with them. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, if I fall in love with someone, I want to be with them. I want to see them all the time. I want to, I mean, I'm getting better as I'm older, like, you know, having space because I'm so busy now I have more to do, but I mean, I used to work 90 hours a week and still like during my shift, I'd go see my girlfriend, whoever I was dating. Cause if I'm in love with someone, like whether they're good or bad for me, I want to see them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's more than just, maybe it's more than just seeing them, but I have heard of people who said I've fallen in love with the person and I don't respect them. They don't respect me, but now I'm, I've got these feelings. I've got to like break it off. (laughs) I've got to get out. Uh, And I, is that just like lust? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's lust. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it's some kind of strong connection. And they're like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And now I'm like, well, I say that I say that. But I still was in love with that person. I say, well, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, well, period that I'm in right now. But well, I yeah. still was in love with the person, you know? Yeah, at some point. Well, and that's the thing. So maybe when we get these experts on, we can pose some questions to them to get to the heart of this. Um, a little bit. Are we, aren't we experts in and of our own life experience? Well, that is true. People who study love mm-hmm. as opposed to like the flail academics of love. Yes. Right? You and I who just sort of flail around and then share our questionable Look, if experiences. I was an expert, if I, I'm going to say this out <laughs> to the universe right now, this podcast, if I can come back in the next life, an expert in love, like I would like to meet that person when I'm younger and actually sustain the relationship for a long time. That's mm-hmm. what I want. That's what I'm working towards as I'm getting older, you know, is to not be a flailer. Not I've done a lot of flailing. It's true. Well, I mean, but it's interesting though, as you say that, right? This idea of, you know, there are so many people that we hear about, particularly older people that have said, you know, I've only fallen in love with one person and we were 17 and now we're 85 and, you know, I've loved him, her, whoever for the the day, since the day we met and all this stuff, right? You know, and then there's people that, that believe not only that that happens because it does, but also strive to have that happen, right? If they're not married and with the love of their lives by 23, they're freaking out. And then there's people, other people on the other end of the spectrum that think that you have the capacity to fall in love with someone, be with them for, you know, however many years or whatever. And then you're not together because you move your own ways. And then you meet somebody else, you fall in love and you take the next chapter. It's like a more like a book than a movie, right? Like you've got chapters and that you have different people that you love through these chapters. And I know I've done more of like the book approach, but there's Mm -hmm. still the pressure that the movie approach is really the better one, right? This idea that you know, uh-oh, well, right. Tracy, you and I have kind of missed the boat on the movie approach, but at least I hope we can get someone for another couple of years here until we cycle back around again. <laughs> I mean, it is like a pressure. I'm still hoping for the movie. <laughs> you want them, you know. the movie? You do. Yes. You want- yes. I mean, what kind of movie would it be if they're like, oh, <laughs> let's get, <laughs> let's have these people fall in love. They're rowing about on the lake or whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, that was fun. Now it's time for me to go to meet someone else, like to bang. I mean, like what? I don't get that. Like I am a serial monogamous. I have been in multiple relationships. I have been in love with everybody that I dated and it did not work out with any of them. Um, but like, I wouldn't want it. I, I would want it to, I wanted it to. It's not like I got with them thinking, 
oh, this has an expiration date or, you know, when I get sick of this person, even, you know, my marriage, there was so much complicating stuff that was happening and made it feel like we weren't in love, you know, but we we stuck it out for eight years. So I kind of feel like that is being in love because why would we have tried so hard to stay together? You know? Hmm. Right. Yeah. Like we think, oh, I don't, I'm not, or maybe I'll go out to coffee with my friends and say, oh, I'm not in love anymore. I don't feel that giddiness or whatever. But like, why would I try for eight years? Why would she try for eight years to stay together if not in love? You know, I, I feel like in love, I love a lot of people and I don't say that to them. Like I have a friend who's always trying to get me to tell her I love her and I just won't because, um, I really kind of reserve that word. Even though I feel love for friends, I generally am not like that person that's like, I love you or love you. Bye. Um, it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Love to me or being in love is solely reserved for a romantic partner. Hmm. And that's like my dream. Mm-hmm. My dream is to just be with the, find that person and be with that person. And I have thought that I found that person before and maybe I did and maybe I screwed it up, you know, or maybe they screwed it up. That's, that's the movie we should write, right? <laughs> Hello. Well, that's yeah. the one that's important. How do we know who's behind the scenes orchestrating this? Like, how do we know that we didn't have the one and just mess it up? Well, hmm? that is true, right? The soulmate, the, the missed soulmate, right? You're like, well, that person's gone. I mean, I don't go into relationships typically thinking like, okay, well, I'm going to be with this person for like three years and then we're going to end it on August 15th or something. But I'm now more open to the idea that I'm going to be with someone until being with them no longer serves either of us, meaning Mm -hmm. not serves in a bad way, but like in a way that neither of us are fulfilled or happy or either either of us, not neither of us, but either of us are unfulfilled or we're not happy or you know, it's just, it isn't, it isn't what we want. I'm more okay now at 50, by the way, I just turned 50. Yes. Now Happy more, okay, more okay at 50 to say, I'm okay to move along. Um, before I was grasping mm. and would stay in something because I was right. afraid that I wouldn't have my fairy tale ending, that if I could just stick it out the rest of my life, I could be like everybody else and have these really like long-term relationships at the, at the detriment of my own happiness. And so now I'm at a point where I'm like, I would love it if I met somebody and I was, we were together until the day we died. But, um, if we're not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay now. Well, I think that that's, everybody should be there, right? That's very mature. And I think that that's the right approach to life. But when you say that, like, would you really, that's that's interesting. I mean, I don't know what I was just going to say again. I've lost my train of thought, but you're saying was, that that was really insightful and interesting and that you really are an academic expert in love. <laughs> are you? <laughs> but that that is the thing is that I think that comes with maturity to not yeah. view everything as being so extreme, right? So it's a mature position that, hey, if this doesn't work out, you know, we can go our separate ways and we'll be okay. I, I think that comes with maturity. But I haven't lost the uber de- romantic desire. Like I want mm-hmm. that and fairy tale. I want that story. I want that romance, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and it is yeah. interesting because what does that romance mean? My wife thought I was the least romantic person that ever lived. And then, but other people have thought I'm super romantic, but I'm also chore based. Like I said earlier, like, for me, taking myself on a date is doing my getting my chores done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like to get organized and get my stuff done. I'm not a big like, you know, flowers and all that kind of stuff. But I want the lifelong romance that I'm dedicated to you. You're dedicated to me because we love each other because we're in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I want that too. I I mean, yeah, I absolutely do. Well, let's talk about it then. Like. Thinking back, I mean, both you and I, you and I have had a handful of falling in love experiences. Mm-hmm. Since we both said we've fallen in love with everybody that we've been in significant relationships with. What was awesome about that experience? Think about like what, you know, falling in love. I don't know how long for it takes for people a day, a week, two months, three months, whatever it looks like for you. But that falling in love, what was awesome about it for you? What did you really like about that? Well, I just love that feeling. Like it just feels 
it's euphoric. It's the feeling I get from like hardcore hiking. You know, mm-hmm. people say, oh, when you hike, you should smell the roses and whatever. I don't get that does nothing for me. But hardcore hiking where I'm like really pushing myself going really fast or going really high or getting up on some, you know, crazy rock. That is euphoric for me. And that's mm-hmm. what love feels like. And like, I've likened a lot of my life to like hurling myself off the edge of a cliff. Like, you know, I think that's being ADHD for me. That's how it appears for me is that I don't plan. I don't do anything. I just throw myself. And that's how falling in love feels to me. It's like, it's just awesome. It's, you know, I've used a swear word, but we're not using cuss words on our podcast, but it's just like, it's the best thing on earth. I guess for me, there's nothing else. And I've been accused of that. Like, oh, I love you. Just my friends are like, you just love falling in love. It's true. Love it. <laughs> it feels awesome. It feels yeah. like you're, I mean, I don't get high. I don't use drugs. I'm not a proponent of that at all. And I, I feel like people say that like, oh, using drugs is so great. I think that's feeling out of control. Whereas like to me, the feeling of love is like, it's like you're just, just you're getting everything you ever wanted right there in that one little basket of goodness in that other person, (laughs) you know? And all I want is to like get that person and be with that person. I want to know everything. And that's the thing people say, Oh, you know, what's your type? Or I think particularly non-gay people ask me like, you know, Oh, don't you, aren't you looking at that woman for these particular physical attributes? And I'm like, no, I've never looked at a woman for physical attributes it's the, the, it's the whole thing. It's the mind. It's the, I want to know that person, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you, you hurl yourself and, and you know, yeah. having watched you fall in love a couple times now, <laughs> um, I would say that it is like into hurling, like you, you throw yourself into the whole thing, love poems yeah. all, and yeah. no second guessing, no, you know, I, mean, I never I, second guess any of it. I just, no. I, you asked me that one day and I was totally like blown away. Cause like, if I'm falling in love, man, that is it. I don't care. Right. Right. Up, I like, mean, I can see you flag. in like say anything, you know, holding up the boom yeah. box. Right. Whereas I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more calculated with falling in love. Like, right. you know, I don't want to appear over indulgent or I don't want to like, you know, contact them a hundred times and be like, I'm just thinking about you. I'm thinking about you again. I'm thinking about you again. And I know you, you do that and it works for you. And for me, I'm, I restrain myself somewhat so that Mm -hmm. I don't like lose my own sense of control. Because for you, you talked about how falling in love, you do feel a little bit of a sense of control, unlike maybe drugs or something. But for me, falling in love as a control freak, a type A person is while it is exhilarating, it is scary because hmm. I lose all sense of like reality. Like, you know, that's I have the to... greatest thing about it. It's like the, that's <laughs> the, the allure of it, that there's something on this earth that isn't going to mess. You. Well, okay. I guess I mess you up because I've been pretty messed up, but like, not like drugs that will kill you. Right. Or cause you to have a seizure or a heart attack. Like this is a way to get, I find it's the most euphoric feeling on the face of the earth. And I've done some crazy stuff, right? But this is like, I love it. Yeah. I I mean, I, I like the euphoria, right? And the dopamine rush. And I love all that stuff. And just like you, I get the high off of hiking, going fast and feeling my heart pounding in my chest and, you know, getting into places that people have never gone before kind of things. I love that feeling. And that does feel a lot like, like falling in love for me. But I also know that, um, that there are some things about falling in love that are just, that are scary because like, Hmm. as I'm opening the floodgates of my feelings, you know, there is a possibility that other person might in the end decide not to reciprocate or, um, you know, so there's that emotional, emotional risk, but then there's like the physical stuff. I don't know about you, but I have never been more tired in my life than when I'm falling in love, because all I do is one of two things. I either spend tons of time with this person to the wee hours of the night, sometimes the morning, or stay up on the phone talking to them like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Or I lay in bed when we're not together, or I sit at my desk at work, and all I do is daydream about them. And I am just physically exhausted. And then I try to, you know, and then I use that adrenaline of the love and it powers me through to the very next day. And then, you know, after about eight weeks, that's why I'm just like too spent. I'm too spent. So, I mean, there's, 
like, and I feel out of control because I'm doing these things. I'm like, I should be going to bed. I, this is really late. I need to get up for a meeting tomorrow. But and then that, like, that is so interesting because you meet people and they're like, oh, we can, when you first meet them, they're like, we can sleep when we die. Well, I feel that way every day of my life. And so it's like, this is just added bonus. Like I never <laughs> am like, oh, I'm tired from this, you know, getting to know you or being with you. I, I don't, I don't tire of it. It is true. Oh, my God. I may be a love addict. Like, but I'm now <laughs> measured, right? I mean, and I, fortunately for me, I've literally only fallen in love with like a handful of people and that's good. And you say like, oh, it's scary because they might not reciprocate or, um, as in my most recent one, they just a disaster. It was not a person I should have fallen in love with. It was a complete disaster, but I still look back. I still like, I just love that feeling. doesn't matter. It just was a complete red flag disaster. And I still, the feeling that it gave me and the love that I had for that person, it's just the greatest thing. It's it's like, it's very interesting. It's like, you know how foodies talk about food? Like they're so into it. I could care less. Like I always wanted the Jetsons, like bing, bing, you just push some buttons and your food comes out on a pill and you eat it. Like, (laughs) I don't want to waste my time. I hate wasting my time eating. I hate it. Was a waste, complete waste of my time. But if I could spend time like being like with someone and all about them and finding out all these new things about them, that's what I want to do. I'm like a foodie for ladies. <laughs> <laughs> ladies well, are my food. They're my sustenance. A lovey, a lovey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I'm not too far off from you. I do love all that stuff. I absolutely do. I'm just more measured about it as, as our listeners would come to expect at this point in time. But I mean, I do, I do love it. Sometimes I see what, I, what I see in myself is when I'm falling in love is not only does it feel good, but I show up often as my best self, not just to that person, but to other people. Like I'm positive and I'm hopeful and I'm happy and, you know, the sky's the limit. And I mean, I remember when I was falling in love with an, an ex a long, a long, long time ago. And I remember. I was having to ride my bike to and from work and it wasn't very close because I didn't yet have a parking permit. And I was riding my bike and it was the middle of the summer and it was a very, very hot and I was sweating and I was like, like whistling, like on my bike. And I got home and I was in such a good mood. I was just thinking about her the whole time. I got home and I whipped out, you know, a document on my computer and I'm like, I'm going to write my life's vision statement. And I wrote this vision statement. It was like all these huge things, right? Like 20 years out. And I'm like, I'm going to conquer the world. And they weren't even like about you in love. Yeah. They weren't even necessarily about this relationship. They were career Uh things and other personal things. I just felt like I I had so much um, courage and bravery and Hmm. I invincibility. I could do anything I wanted because I, I was in love and it was like that dopamine hit it. So it wasn't Hmm. just the feeling I got about like the love with the person, but I was like, woohoo, I am just showing up in life. I got this. See, it was a drug for you across the board. It it was. Yeah. It, it absolutely was. It colored everything in your life. Right. So interesting. Doesn't I mean, do that for me. It doesn't no. do that for you. It just, it just sticks in the realm of like your, your the romantic person. It's just yeah. about the person. Yeah. And then like, I'm so into them. Just can't get enough of them. And then, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't affect any other area of my life whatsoever. I wish it did because I could really use a lot of that <laughs> and get more accomplished, but I'm like single minded, single tracked on that person. It's a little intense, I think, for some people, right? Like most of them like it at first and then they're like, um, well, I have to say they all kind of, they all like the poems, you know, like the poems continue and all that. But like, it is interesting. The last two relationships I've had have been so short, you know, compared to the many, many years of my other relationships, eight, eight years and five years. And then now I've been eight months and four months and that was good for me to cut those off because they weren't healthy relationships, but it did not lessen the fact that I was madly in love with those people, as you saw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, that's you the know? other thing too, is like the duration at which you're with somebody also in the intensity in which you are in love with them by the time you break up, whether they did it to you or whether you do it with them or whatever. I mean, that, that also, I'm, it, it strikes differently. I've had two, a couple of significant relationships where one of them, we broke up when I was, in like madly in love with this person. And one of them, we broke up when I I wasn't in love with them anymore, but I loved them. Um, mm-hmm. And those breakups felt really different too. Right. 
because I had to like the, the love could fade away. The in love was like an intentional process to unravel myself from, which felt very, very different to me. And so I know for your two more recent relationships, they were, they were still fresh. You were still falling in love while you were trying to now fall out of love at the Mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. And that's very hard. That can be its own thing. Like it's very hard when you like I was very much in love with both of them, but it was not working. They were just, they were relationships were not going to go anywhere. And so, yeah, it's true. I think it's very hard to break that off, to be either broken up with or cut it off yourself. Right. Right. Well, when you're, especially when you're still, when you're in love with that person, because I know there's a lot of relationships that over time, again, people don't, I mean, they don't describe themselves as being in love with their partner. They're, they more love their partner, their companions or whatever. And so that separation might feel a little different that in love kind of creates like this, this latch, right? I think there's something about being in love or falling in love for me that kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. That's like this idea about this possibility or like this hope, right? Like I feel so strongly about this person. I feel like we might have a future together. I feel like this could be my path. And I feel like, a sense of relief. And, and I, I feel just like, again, the world is my oyster. We're going to move forward. And, you know, when I'm in love with someone, I still feel that way. And so breaking it off, it's like cutting off hope and possibility. Whereas when I'm not in love with someone, but I still love them, I'm like, well, I didn't, you know, there wasn't that same sense of hope and possibility. It felt different for me. It felt like, well, I'm leaving something that feels comfortable, content, habitual, um, but I'll move on. But breaking up when you're in love, like for me, like that loss of possibility and hope, is really interesting. And so on the flip side, falling in love, I feel a great sense of possibility. And and like I said before, it translates into like all, all the things. Like I might go to my boss and be like, I deserve a raise. I just do because I'm just happy because I'm in love and you should give me a raise. And I might never ask for a raise if I didn't have that, like, you know, the oxytocin and all that stuff going on. That is so interesting. Like I've been not in the I've been in a bad situation where I wanted out of one relationship and that was in the 1990s, but the rest of all the people, I really resisted getting out of the relationship. I still really cared about the person, you know, and I'm, yeah. I mean, also it might be personality differences. Like I just kind of never let up. You know what I mean? I'm intense from day one to day 500. It yeah. doesn't stop. Like the intensity is always the same. Like, I will still have the same passion for that person, even if we're having trouble that I did from at day one. I mean, you saw that my yeah. passion level for those people never changed. Right. Even with all the troubles that all the troubles that were had never changed my feelings, made me cry or be upset or should I be tolerating this? But I never like my love for those people never changed. Yeah. Only with distance now is that changing because it's like, well, you got to move on at some point, right? Yeah. So were you, when you, with your, with the relationship you're talking about in the 1990s, the one that you got out of, were you in love with that person when you separated? Wait, which one? The one in the nineties you were talking about. Were you in love with that person? The one that I had to get out? No, I was not in love with that person. That person was disturbed. No. So you were not, but is that the only relationship where you, you, when you ended things, you weren't in love with them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The rest I was in love with even one that another person in the nineties who I didn't really like, I wasn't super passionate about her. We just kind of, she was always flirting with me and then we ended up dating and then she was seeing other people and I was like, "Mm, I'm out of here. And then she was like, no, I just want to be with you. But she was not done with her ex. And so that just got, and then she had other issues that got ugly. Um, and I had to be done. And I don't, I loved her. I really cared about her, but she, the hardcore issues just, and the death precipitated a lot of bad behavior. And so I had to be out of that situation, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have otherwise gotten out of that relationship because we had a lot of enjoyable times, you know, before yeah. the trouble set in. So it's hard to say, like it, when trouble comes and you see like, uh Oh, this is not sustainable or this could have that relationship in particular could have had consequences on my career, my life. You know, that person Mm, had mm -hmm. serious issues that she was acting out because of a real tragedy, a tragedy occurred. And um, I was very sympathetic for 
a long time, but it just like the behavior was so bad and I had to get out of it. And it's not that I didn't love her because I did love her, but I didn't want my life ruined by her, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's hard because it's like, <clears throat> oh, am I separating? You have to separate the person from their behavior. I still love this most recent bad person. Love, 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 but it's not good for me, right? Not healthy, mm-hmm. not good for my life. Never changed my feelings of love. That's what all my friends keep asking me. How on earth can you still love her? How can you say if she walked through that door, you'd still be attracted to her after all that she's done? And I'm like, I just am just as there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a person I'm just very, when I fall in love with someone, I am loyal to the end. Yeah. But I think the question is, at what point do you determine there to be an end? Right. Some people would have had. Well, when it's, when it sort of... has a bad. Yeah. I don't know for you, but for me, it's always been the only reason I've ended stuff is if things were bad. Like, you know. Yeah. I wait till they're bad and then I wait till they're worse and then they wait till they're intolerable. And then 27 people tell me that. And then I wait another year. That's, that's <laughs> typically, that's typically what I do. But, um, I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. But which because, seems weird because to me, that's kind of opposite of your personality. It's well, like the one yeah. area that you're not really consistent with your personality. Well, because you I know? feel like there's a sense of control, right? Like I want to be, I am not ready to fail in this relationship. And mm-hmm. so I want, I think that, you know, and this is the other thing, like I've thought in the past that, that if you've fallen out of love with somebody in a relationship that you can quote, find your way back to them if, as long as you stay together. But as soon as you separate, it's going to be much harder to find that love for them again. And so I like, hold on, hoping mm-hmm. that that feeling comes back. And I have never, ever had that feeling come back. Is it impossible? No, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure people have had that where they've re-fallen in love with somebody again. I've never had that. So now I know in my life that holding out to like go fall back in love with somebody who I'm in a relationship with because I want to feel a sense of control and I want to feel like I'm not a failure. It's not real. Like, like I'm holding out for something that isn't really some, something that happens for me. So I think in the future moving on, I'm not doing, going to do that because it doesn't serve me to stay and, and say, let's, let's just, if all we did was just go on a few more date nights, or if we were just kind and said kind words to each other, or if you just brought me flowers, we'd fall back in love. No, for me, it doesn't work. As soon as I'm fallen out of love with someone, I have not been able to fall back in love. And I've had, I've had every relationship I've had, I've fallen in love with the person and only two relationships out of all of those was I actually still in love with the person when we broke up. Other people in a transition to just you know, love or respect or companionship, but hoping that I'd find my way back and fall back in love with them. And not one of them that happened. Oh, interesting. I, I think I've been passionately interested in the person till then, except for that one person in the nineties. Yeah. 90s. yeah so like I just, and I will hold on till I'll do everything I possibly can to keep it together mm-hmm. because I love that person. I, I'm like a, People used to call me a pit bull or a border collie. I have already said this. Like I am loyal to the, I am loyal. I just, I want it to work. I want to be with that person. If I've fallen mm-hmm. in love with per, that person, I want to be with that person. This, I've never casually dated ever. I don't yeah. know that I ever will because it's like at this point, like I've been, people have asked me out or whatever. I've had flirtations and I'm not interested. If I don't have that euphoric feeling and I know it from the beginning, nope, bye. Yeah. Interesting. That's also what's different about you and me. Like I've had pretty much everybody that I have been with. I have to, to, to some to lesser extents all the way to some for extended, you know, instances I have been friends with and did not have the initial like attraction or falling in love. And then just the falling in love just kind of came on relatively slowly for, I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like just one day, boom, like I'm just like in love with somebody. It was like, it, it, it bubbled up, but everybody Hmm. I had, I had never, it wasn't like I went on a date and I just started falling in love with somebody. Every single person I had started out with some kind of like slow burn. Um, so, and, and you talk about this euphoria, like right from the very moment, right away, I've never had, I've never had that. I've just I've always had, had a lot. like it, it starts and it's slow and it burns and it builds and it builds. And that's why, you know, you and I have had these like a thousand conversations around my theory 
or my hope or dream of the, you know, the pow, boom, bang thing, right? This idea that you get that euphoria at the beginning, you get those fireworks, you get that madly in love, the love at first sight, the whatever it is called. And, you know, I mean, I wrote it about it in my book and it's just like holding out for that feeling and having it not really show up and Mm -hmm. wondering to what extent is that my own, like, am I setting myself up by having this idea of what like this falling in love looks like? Is that real for me? And maybe, maybe it is, maybe I haven't met somebody that I've experienced that with, but more, but more importantly, my, I've had really substantive, really good quality relationships that haven't had that. So is that some kind of Hallmark movie? Maybe it's your personality. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm more measured. So I'm more measured and more controlled. Am I even allowing myself to be in a situation like where you would be like throwing your whole self into it, poems and, you know, whatever it would be. Stop, stop. What are you doing? Right. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. And I don't feeling this love. And I would never necessarily approach it like that, which probably also holds me back from having whatever pow, boom, bang thing I've made up in my head. Um, Because I've seen people who have had it. So I know that it's Yeah, I don't think you're making up in your head. I've had it. You've seen me have it. I've seen you have it. The world tipped on its, whatever you said about the axis in the world. Like (laughs) that one person I was so in love with. I mean, so in love with. Yeah, I said the earth rotated. Earth rotated better on its axis when the two of you were in sync. That is pow, boom, bang. I had it from the get-go. I felt it. I know. And like, but that doesn't mean that the relationship's destined to work out either. So it's not like, Oh, pow, boom, bang is the end all be all. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't right. assure, oh, that this is going to be actually be a relationship that can be sustained. But truth be told, I don't care. Because when I found <laughs> yeah. love, like that is it. Nothing will stop me. Nothing will get in my way. Yeah. Nothing. Well, I will get in my own way. That's what I'm a specialist mm-hmm. at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have the potential for something and then I end up getting in my own way, mostly out of overanalysis and overthinking um, and really giving myself a lot of like self doubts about all sorts of things. And um, you know, and then that whole process becomes muddled, right? Instead of just enjoying this euphoria that you're talking about, it's again, that calculated overthinking, all that kind of, you know, all the parameters on what falling in love is supposed to look like and the pressure for pow, boom, bang. By this point, it's now been eight or 10 weeks and I've sort of missed, <laughs> I've missed the good right. stuff, right? Because I've been too busy in my own, in my own head with these like But is it the good stuff when you say the good stuff? I don't know. I mean, I've had it, but it didn't result in long-term relationships. So is it really the good stuff? Like, I think to say it that way just then makes you feel like you didn't get it. But the reality is you're this person. You've been this person since probably childhood. I've been this. Can you see us as kids running around together? I'd be like, let's jump off this. I There's a photo of me where I'm hanging from a tree where my foot is wedged in the tree and I'm upside down. Right. Like, And I'd be the one with the ladder and telling you how many feet yes, down it is and trying to rope you down. And trying to help me. And then there's one where I'm like a toddler, like a one-year-old and I'm shoved in a square box and I'm like, in a circle. And that is my life. And I look at those pictures. Oh, and I look like I'm flipping somebody off in my baby picture. Okay. And my parents put my hand on a baseball. Like, so I look like a surly little person, but I've been passionate since the day I came out. I've been throwing myself at everything I want to do. I just hurl myself that way. And that's not your personality. So, you know what I mean? Like to say, oh, this is better. And what that doesn't feel good to you. Like, no, even if it you doesn't. had it, it wouldn't feel good to you. It feels awesome to me. Like, right, right. And I mean, I, awesome. I, that's the thing is like, but I still feel that what I'm going through feels really good too. So when I say I'm missing the good stuff, sometimes what I do is if I would just get out of my own way, I could let myself feel rather than think I might have a better, even a better experience. I've still been able to fall in love with all these people. And I've had, I have had spurts, I would call them spurts of euphoria, but you literally live in a euphoric state for months on end. Yeah. For me, yeah. I go in and out of these, right? I like euphoric right. and everything. And I, you know, I'm on the verge of like pow, boom, bang. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, overthink, overthink. And right. wait a minute, should I bring flowers? Wait, I don't know what kind of flowers. And then it's like, Oh, euphoria. And, and then it's just really interesting. And I have come to terms with the the fact that that's who I am. And so I don't really put a lot of judgment on that. I just think it's interesting because I've, I've overlaid my personality with this expectation that it's supposed to look different, but I'm not that person that right. The, the things that so I might do, not even right. Yeah. Might not even be good for you. You might not like it. 
No, like, I would feel really, really out of control if I just like started writing love poems and texting every time I felt like I needed to. Like what mm-hmm. you're describing to me, like you're the things that you've thought about would never even occur to me. I don't, you know what? Someone doesn't want to get like, I write a poem, I write it, I send it, boom, done, right there. I don't yes. care if they're in a meeting, whatever. Like when I feel like I have something to express, comes out of my mouth. And I don't think about, I've never overthought anything in my entire life, which is <laughs> by the way, I've never met a single, like I've never had a goal or anything. Like, I don't know. That's like the way that I live, right? And mm-hmm. it's funny because as you describe it, like that would be super uncomfortable for you. Yeah, but for me, be. it's like your way. I would feel like someone put a straitjacket on me and like had me face down <laughs> on the ground, and my whole life was sucking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. is comfortable for me is like literally having no rules, having no no idea what's coming next. Like, like you know, people say, "Oh, well, like if we're gonna go hiking, well, where are we going? How long is it gonna be?" Like that friend that, you know, I recently started hiking with will like text me some numbers. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, that's the amount of it. Or that's what, you know, that's how long the hike is. Or I'm like, I would never, you never occur to me to look at that. Like I just go, (laughs) okay. I'm going to go and I'll get there and I'll finish. Like that stuff just never occurs to me. Just like Mm -hmm. our Peru trip, which unfortunately you were not able to go on, but it was so well organized. Thank you by you. (laughs) I benefited from the fruits of your labor, but what would have happened had I just gone and you had never been involved? I would have gone to Peru. I would have gone to Cusco and I would have walked around town until I found something I liked and I did it. I would never plan ahead. It would never, ever occur to me from the United States to like, look at a trekking program. Like it wouldn't even occur to me. Like it would not occur to me. Like that would seem weird to me. It wouldn't even seem weird because I would never think of it. I think it's just the, we're told the personality is so different, right? Well, I mean, even when we talked, we had our episode about, um, you know, online dating, we talked about what we put on our profiles and how we put our profiles together. And I mean, none of this stuff is surprising and how different we are, um, you know, in the falling in love process, you know, we're also incredibly different, but you are, you are right. Like there, there is no real right way to experience it because it has to align with what, how, how you are as a person. Like you would be feel really right. constrained if you did the falling in love process. Like I do, I would feel so spinning out of control that I probably would, there would be parts that I wouldn't enjoy because I would be worried. And I know that about myself. And so, right. but I do know that, that, that unfortunately the way that like Hollywood portrays falling in love is more like what you do, right? They're like, stop the plane. I'm on the tarmac. Stop the, like, that's what you would do. There's no way on the planet I would do that. So it's like, that is already seen as like the better way of falling in love or like the more romantic or the whatever. And all these people end with happily ever after, right? Because the movie's only a half. And so the pressure for me to have that or to do that when I don't feel like that's me is a really, really like dissonant place to be. So when I say like, I'm going to miss all the good stuff, it's like, I've been sort of programmed to think that I'm ruining my Mm -hmm. own experience because of everything around me. Isn't that interesting though, because you're not, you're, you're feeling that pressure and you're saying, okay, I'm pressured by Hollywood and this ideal of this, but you're not pressured by these magazines that say Cosmo, oh, you need to look a certain way or you need to dress like this to be a lady or wear this kind of makeup or whatever. So it is fascinating. It's like what your mind, mm-hmm. something in you feels that you're missing something, right? So that is what you're picking up on because I don't see you looking at a Cosmo and being like, oh my God, no. I didn't do my makeup today. I didn't ah. think about this. Yes. Like, so, cause I always like, I feel like when people say, oh, you know, the, and I'm a feminist, a hardcore feminist. But people say, oh, these magazines are ruining it for us. Like, I don't care. I can look at a Cosmo. I can look at some lady who's either Photoshopped or super thin or whatever. It does not affect me at all. I could care less. Like, I'm a short, squatty little person, you know? Like, I, it is, it's what you allow in your mind to, and I know people think I'm like crazy when I fall in love. I know they think that. I've been told that many times. Yes. And I'm like, don't care. Don't care. Like well, that is what it feels good to me. Yeah, yeah, and but I, and I think too, like I know better than to pick up a Cosmo. Like I don't ever pick them up. But like every time you turn on the TV, every every news story, every heartwarming story on whatever is always this like falling in love. So it's in my face twenty four seven, even if I don't choose to find it. And then frankly, you and I 
palling around and going, falling in love with people while we're, we're friends. It's also interesting to watch our subsequent processes because I don't know how many times you've told me to stop overthinking and how many times I've actually edited your texts before you've sent them to people because they're sometimes, you know, I'm like, Oh, wait, maybe you should just restrain on that for just a second. And sometimes you say, I don't care. I already sent it. And I'm like, why are you sending it to me to edit if you've already sent it? But, but that, um, those are, let's just make that clear. Those are after the relationship has ended, <laughs> not the ones where I'm like, you know, really, in love but that's when things are hitting you're you've been very helpful when things have hit the rocks (laughs) yes yes it's certainly at that stage but it's interesting though because I help provide sometimes the restraint that you might need even Mm -hmm. in that stage and you help provide the let it go just enjoy it thing and so to balance each other out and so you know I mean as I tell you you know and, and you know kind of create some vulnerability on this about you know that pressure that I feel you know I hold I wrote a whole book about it the pressure to find the one, right. right? And, you know, is there the one? I don't know. Maybe there there could be, or maybe there could be the four. I don't know. Maybe my person's right. in, you know, in, in South Africa. I have no idea. Um, the, but the answer to the question isn't about the, the search for the one. It's the, the question about why am I even asking that, right? Why is that so important to me? And that answer is going to be different for everybody. And for me, I feel like there's this, like this pressure to have this fairy tale and really life isn't always a fairy tale. And, um, right. and so I'm just, I'm, I'm learning that, that who I am doesn't necessarily lend itself to like that, that picture, right. That like ultimate ending of the story. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's okay because mm-hmm. everybody, if everybody had the same story, just like in Hollywood where it just gets a little boring, you know what I mean? After a while, it's the same story over and over. Like give mm-hmm. me something interesting because the mm-hmm. world is interesting, but there's also the archetype, right? And so the dominant archetype is that the relationship, the people fall in love and they stay together and it's romance. Maybe they have one trouble and then they realize through the trouble, they love each other even more and they're going to support each other more. I mean, would my life story make a great romance? No, I'm a serial monogamist, you know, like, unfortunately, and I didn't choose that. It's just the way that it's panned out. But that's the other thing is I'm not going to spend my life like being sad that that's the way it worked out. You know what I mean? Like, right, right as I've said, like being friends with the exes, those people aren't lost from my life. So I Mm -hmm. feel just as rich, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it brings us all the way back to the very first thing we were talking about, you know, and this, this kind of archetype, right? Should you, you know, this idea about, is it a movie or is it a book and the pressure for it to be a movie, right? There's a pressure and the desire, right? Like there's a, a, you Mm -hmm. know, because we're seeing, we, we see the benefits of having, you know, that one partner and the romance and all that. And, you know, the pressure on us to do that because it's very desirable because we're shown all the good things about that. You know, can you imagine a movie that was made about like, you know, someone meeting their, their life partner at like, you know, 17 in high school and then literally follows them through as they argue and as they fall in and out of love, one person might have an affair and then they, they just, they, you know, one person's like hanging out with their friends all the time and the other one's like video gaming or, I mean, that's like what real life looks like for a lot of people. And so you're not going to watch a movie like that. You're going to watch the movie where these people, it's like at the end and they're holding hands as they're both laying there and their, their hearts beat together until they stop at the exact moment, because that's way more fun to watch and way more insightful and interesting and well, it is interesting because I do come from those people. My grand, my father's parents were married from 1946 to my grandfather's death at 96. And I thought my grandma would die the next day and she lasted a little bit longer. But my parents are still married since 1967, you know? Yeah. So my modeling is that to be in the long-term relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's so odd that that's what I want either. But I also don't think it's odd that, like, you know, I haven't stayed. I have a friend who is a straight, a straight woman who's married to a man. She's not very happy. And she said one day, Oh my God, you lesbians leave relationships over the smallest things. And I said, or do you just (laughs) keep staying when you shouldn't? Right. Right. And she was like, Oh, and then, you know, I said, just think about that. Are we leaving over the smallest thing? Are we leaving because it's just not working? That's okay. It's okay to leave if it's not working. That's the thing. It's okay to stay. If like you found the the romantic partner of your life at 17 and you're 70, great. I That is awesome. But it's okay to leave also if it's not working. And I think that's where like 
stop judging, you know, everybody, but you, it's not even just the pressure of Hollywood. It's our own friends on Facebook about how their romance is the greatest thing on earth and we better love it. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. We see it. You see it with your parents, just your parents, just sheer existence as a married couple shows you that this is kind of the ultimate goal that we should have. And there's that, you know, that feeling of that, but you're right. Friends talk about it. I talk about it. I imagine, right. Finding that, that person and, you know, I don't know a lot of people who have gone in their lives saying, I can't wait to have seven weddings, right? Like exactly. that's really right. what people want to do. Um, and so there's just a lot of that. But, but that was the whole thing about sex in the city, right? Where Samantha lived her life. I mean, I'm not Samantha because she didn't fall in love. I fell in love. But why should we judge Samantha anymore? Because she wants to live her life that way. than Charlotte, right. who ends up in a long-term relationship. Right. But who's more unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think part of it, you know, as we come full circle with this is understanding like a, who we are as people and how we show up in the falling in love process and what's comfortable for us. And, and B is this idea that there is no real one right way to fall in love or to be in love or to stay in love. And there's no one right way to leave if you need to leave or stay, if you want to stay and everybody's going to do their own thing and understand though exactly. that there are societal and friend and social pressures that are on us to do things a certain way that falling in love, being in love and staying in love looks a certain way, but it doesn't. Um, and so even just us grappling with this conversation, you know, kind of on this episode, talking about how these pressures particularly have impacted me, um, but how you've even been aware of them and just thrown them to the wind is also the fact that you've acknowledged that those things are still out there too. Um And I think that that's really interesting, especially for people who are just starting in a relationship where you're like that huge pressure. Like if this, if I don't know that this person is the person that I want to be with when I'm 70, I don't know what I'm doing. Should I jump ship now? And when reality, it's like, just if you take that pressure off a little bit and give it a little bit of time, you may decide this is someone you want to be with, but you, you know, we make that decision like a snap judgment, like, okay, they're not it. They're not it after like two weeks. Um, And maybe you know that, right? Maybe you do, or maybe, maybe, maybe not. So maybe here we are. Here we are. Full circle. All right. Well, we have um, had a lively discussion to start off season five. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things this season. Um, We're going to be talking about everything, you know, from, you know, creating boundaries and maintaining independence and, um, you know, how to manage bringing some of your past expectations into relationships. What do you do about the conflict? Um, Even things about uh, like the flow and pace of relationships, you know, all the stuff that happens at the beginning, right? The beginning of a, mm-hmm. of a new relationship. And we, we have, um, we got some experts, those people that are academicians that study this mm-hmm. stuff going to be on here. And then, um, we'll have some times that, uh, that the two of us get a chance to talk through it. And then of course, you know, bring it all together at the end. But, um, Tracy, thank you so much for another wonderful conversation and for kicking off season five. Looking forward to an awesome rest of the rest of the season. So. Until then, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships. 